How many of you have woken up over the last seven weeks and heard that sound in your sleep? The ship's sinking, the ship's sinking. Um, Maybe you're not weird like I am, but sometimes those thoughts stay with me when I fall asleep. Today's message is a culmination of of a lot of lives, um, a lot of history, a lot of generations. Um, And today's message really is the one message of all the messages that we've given that really... If we don't get this one down, this relationship, it really does. It impacts all the other relationships. It impacts uh, your present relationship in a marriage. Um, If you're in a dating relationship, it'll impact that relationship. This one here is the deal breaker as to whether or not you will see success, you will see life, you will see uh, a thriving relationship with others, you will see marriages thrive. If we don't get this one down, literally, it impacts all the others. And I watch it happen all the time. This is the foundational relationship that we build on. And from out of this, all these other relationships are established. And if this one is shaky, if this one is tattered, if this one has been fractured, then it fractures all the other relationships, It might be the very reason why for you today that there's such hardship in your marriage. It might be the very reason why you're unable to have life-giving relationships with other people. This commandment, this step of obedience impacts every other relationship. This relationship even impacts for many, the relationship that we have with a perfect father, God, who chooses never to leave us nor forsake us. It's primarily why I've left it for the last message in this series. So I'm asking you today, and I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit who lives in you to do a real heart search, to search you and ask you, are there footholds in my life? Are there areas in my life that I haven't completely given over to God? Because when you do, there's life. There's a thriving relationship opportunity for you and every other relationship that's after this relationship. Grab your Bibles, and we're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. If you need a Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. One verse, and we're going to look at many others that back this verse up, but this verse came first, and we're going to read it today. Stand with me, and we're going to read Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Exodus 20 and verse 12. Would you read it out loud with me? Ready, read. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let's read it again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord, your God, is giving you. You may have a seat. This is a command, and it's not that we, or God longs for us to do it, that he says this would be a good idea if you do it. It's a commandment from the beginning that encourages us to honor our fathers and our mothers. It's not an option. It's something that we should do. He says that the quality and the quantity of our lives and all the relationships after this beginning relationship, because we all start out somewhere, and that relationship impacts all the other relationships so that all the other relationships we may live long We may live well, and we can thrive in those. You show me a thriving relationship, I will show you a thriving relationship where a person is honoring their father and their mother. Paul backed this up in the New Testament. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6, and look at, it's said once again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, as the New Testament was written. Look once again what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, in verses 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Look what Paul says here to the church's Ephesus, and we'll say to Grace Community Church today. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what? What's the word? Right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a what? What's it say? A promise. 
so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. It's the first commandment that's listed with a promise attached to it. It says, if you do this, God says, then I will do this. If you choose to obey me here, then I will follow up. God says, bank on it, because God's good on his promises. If you do this, then this is the consequences of doing that, or the consequences of not doing that. I promise you, God said, if you honor your father and your mother, you will live long and you will live well. Not complain about your parents, not curse your parents, not criticize your parents, not ignore your parents, not make fun of your mother and father, not compare your mother and father, not wish your parents or mother and father were something else, not talk about your parents or your mother and father in a disparaging way, but honor your mother and your father. And if you do that, I give you this. Cause and effect. This is, this is what happens, God says. If you do this, there's a promise that comes and bank on it because God is good on his promises. And I have witnessed it happen over and over again. A relationship where a child, a son or a daughter has chosen to honor their father and the mother and you will see them thriving in relationships. You show me where a person has chosen not to honor their father and mother, I will show you chaos. I will show you resentment and anger. I will show you distress. I will show you death and destruction instead of life and hope and a thriving relationship. We live in a world where honor is missing. Men refuse to honor other men with fear that somehow that that will drop them down a notch where wives and husbands refuse to honor and respect their their mothers and fathers and wives refuse to respect their husbands, where we spend more time telling everyone how someone else is, is doing it wrongly than we do living out our own lives in a passionate way for Jesus. We live in a world and it it, it it's in social media right now. We're pointing out all the faults of people. So loving them and praying for them. And we should take this very, very, very seriously. Every single relationship, hear me today, all that stuff we've been talking about for six weeks is built upon this one right here. Ask this question right now. Just just answer it within your heart. Do I really honor my mother and my father? We're going to flesh that out, what that means. But could you say right now, yes. When I am in public and when I'm all alone and when it's just me and God and when I'm spending time with others and and the, 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 the concept of mother or father is brought up and parents, do I take the time in that moment to honor them or do I join in with the masses that complain and speak poorly and disparagingly about them? The answer to that question is shown in the quality and quantity of your life. Don't ever underestimate the importance of this command with a promise. This truth is impacting your present relationships. It could be impacting your marriage right now. I take it very seriously. And my wife takes this very seriously. Our children take this seriously. And I think we as Grace Community followers of Jesus should take this one very seriously. Let's define this word honor. What does it mean to honor someone? In this case, what does it mean to honor our fathers or mother? It means to defer to them. It means to respect them. It means to submit. It means to have love and appreciation for It means to place value on something or someone. The Hebrew in in Exodus chapter 20, this word carries the idea to be heavy. Literally to treat someone with dignity and respect because they carry a heavy weight of authority. We'll speak in those terms like this person, this person is a heavy weight in our world. We honor them. And so the concept is this, you should, and I should heavily value our relationship with our mother and our father. By the way, I'm I'm not foolish enough 
to, to realize that there are some very difficult past relationships that you had with parents. I also know that there are some very, very incredible relationships. And so we bring all these in to, th- to this message today. And I want to say this to, so in case we get lost in this. There must be a way to obey this commandment, no matter how difficult or painful your past has been. Otherwise, God would never have put it in the Bible. Can I have one amen for that? He would have never put it in there. There must be a way. God would never call us to do something that he didn't think we could do in his power. Let me give you what I would say the very first big example of someone choosing to honor their parents when they did something that went south. Turn to Genesis chapter 9 with me. Genesis chapter 9. One of the first examples of some sons honoring their father after he did something that wasn't something that he should have. I want to just quickly set the context here. The earth was flooded. Noah was on the ark. He took his sons and their wives with them. They get onto dry ground. They're released from the ark. They had this covenant, this rainbow that said, I will never ever cover the whole earth with water again. So the families are there. They're excited. They're going into this new world to start just with Noah's family. And in Genesis chapter 9, verse 18, follow along. Look what happens basically right after that. Genesis 9, verse 18. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah. And from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Look what it says in verse 20. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a what? What did he plant? A vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became what? Drunk. And lay uncovered inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father what? Naked. And told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. They walked in how? What what way? Backward. And covered their father's what kind of body? Naked body. Their faces were turned the other what? Way. So that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done, Ham, the father of Canaan, he said this, curse be Canaan, son of Ham. The lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said this, praise be to who? The Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. Do you see what's happening here? I want you to look. This is incredibly important. In my mind, it's one of the first examples of someone choosing to honor their father even when he did something that was in many, 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 many ways sinful. What happened? Ham walks up and sees his dad naked. And what does he do? He speaks out about this thing that his father did. He wants his brothers to know. He brings his father's shame to light. He said, this is my father. Look what he has done. He had an opportunity to honor his father in that moment. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love always hopes, always perseveres. But look what his two brothers did. They chose to honor their father, even though their father did something wrong. It says that they took a covering between the two of them, put it on their shoulders. They backed into the tent And it says they came in backwards and they turned and looked the other way and they took this covering and covered up their naked father. They chose to honor their father. They didn't tell the world about the shameful things that he had done. 
They chose to honor him. And what happened? Look what happens. The brother who spoke the world and spoke to his brothers, because that's all the world that was there, and said, look at our dad. Can you believe this? He was what? Cursed. But the two brothers who chose to honor their father, blessing, the promise started right with them. Let me just pull away and say this. Your parents and my parents are not perfect. And you can always find fault in people. Let's bring it to the local church. You can always find fault in the local church. You can always find fault in me. You can always find fault in someone else. And if your bent is always to bring to light the faults of others, my Bible says love never fails. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And then when it comes to relationships with your mothers and fathers, listen, if you're always bringing to light the shameful things that they have done, then let me tell you something. Then the promise to live long and live well will not follow your life. This beautiful picture, the two brothers had a chance. They could have said, yeah, can you believe dad did this? Let's tell, can you believe dad, what are you doing? But they just humbly backed in, not even looking at their naked dad. They didn't want to tell the world of his shameful acts. They covered him up. And when dad woke up, he blessed the two brothers that honored their father. Think about that for a second. Proverbs 17, 9 even says this in a practical way. Whoever fosters love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the offense separates close friends. You can see it happen all the time. Think about that for a second. How many friendships have been separated because people take sides? This person takes this side. That person takes that side. And it's because of an issue in someone's life. They saw this person do something. One group chooses to expose it and says, even though there's a thousand good things that that person does, I choose not to be the friend or the colleague of that person. And I have seen it happen over and over. Some choose to forgive Some choose to cover over because love never fails and it separates close friends. Happens over and over and over and over. Three brothers all had the same chance to honor their father. One chose not to. Cursed. Two chose to honor their father. Blessing. There it is. There's your first example in scripture. Scripture has some incredible things about honoring fathers and mothers. Even says this in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 20, if a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Proverbs 30, 17 even graphically says this, the eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. Basically, it's saying this, when you have an eye and you're looking for the faults in someone and you're constantly bringing it to light like Ham did here, your eye will be pecked out. Literally, this concept that there's the blessing of, of living long and living well will not be upon you. Exodus 21, 15 says it this way. Anyone who attacks his father or mother must even be put to death. In the Old Testament, during the laws, if you shamefully expose and attack your father or mother, you were put to death. God had our best interest in mind when he wrote this commandment and he attached a great promise to it. Probably one of the biggest areas of struggles in our lives is this one. Why? Think about this for a second. Why is this so hard? Why is there so many fractured children-parent relationships? Why do you even see grown adults who are Christ followers, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, still angry, still resentful because of something that happened, because mom did this and dad? Why do you see these grown adults, they get married and have kids, and, and dad is still angry, mom's still angry and holding bitterness? Why? It's because we're opposed. Satan doesn't want us to be honoring our parents. Why? Why? 
Because the promise attached to it is this. We will live long and we will live well. And if you live long and well and obedient to Jesus, then guess what? Your testimony runs through the the mountains, runs through the cities, and a lot of people find Jesus. So if we don't have this one down, that's why it's so opposed. That's why I see sitting with couples and they're still angry at dad, something he did, and mom. Years ago, instead of doing what the two brothers have done, just back in, cover up, and just turn my head and say, Lord, you deal with them. So you take these into relationships, these roots of bitterness and resentment, and then you marry someone, and, and you wonder why you're not living long and living well in that relationship. You want to know why? <laughs> the very reason could be because you're not honoring your father and your mother. It does not say honor your parents or your father and mother if they're honorable. It doesn't say to honor your father and mother. It doesn't say if they deserve it. It doesn't say to honor your father and mother if they treated you right. It just says honor your mother or your father and your mother, period, exclamation point. And probably the way your parents treated you will affect your present relationship with them. But know this, it definitely will affect the way you obey this commandment too. But it does not affect the reality that you must obey it whether your parents were good or not. Let me just pull away and give you a very basic truth. You are in control of you as best as you know. No one else can control you. And the way you choose to respond might even be different than your sibling. It might even be different. And they might separate close friends because your siblings are still pointing out the faults of your mother and your father. Listen to me. Don't take the bait. Because there's a promise attached that says, if I continue to honor, I will live long and I will live well. And the light of Jesus can shine brightly on my lampstand. So, if you show disrespect to your parents in front of your children, do you think they will honor you? (laughs) Seriously. No, they have permission to do the same to you. Maybe the very reason your own children are choosing not to respect you is because you reap what you sow. Doesn't Galatians tell us that? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you are dishonoring your mother and your father, listen to me, the byproduct of that is children who want to dishonor their mother and their fathers. And maybe the very way that you help your own children work through that is you come to a point, and I'm going to show you how throughout this message, where you come to a point, you give them over to God, and you say, God, I forgive God I send them off to you and I move on. I will not let this continue for the generations to come. You see, when we honor our parents, there will be less conflict on the inside. There will be more inner peace instead of anxiety. You will be free of hangups and addictions from the past. Bitterness and resentment and anger will be gone. Your parents' failure to be all they should have been does not excuse you from honoring them. Back to this whole series, and we've been talking, you say, Pastor Jim, how is this so important for me that if I'm single, like if I'm thinking about getting married, how does this impact honoring my mother and father impact this future marriage? Well, in the same way I said a few weeks ago that you should reveal your sins to the person that you're thinking about marrying, I think you should do the same here. You should sit down with your future wife or your future husband, sit across the table, and have a heart-to-heart conversation with them. And here's what you need to say. Just so you know, I can't forgive my parents. And I have this anger and resentment and bitterness towards them because of the way they treated and I love you, and I want you to know, listen, I love you, and like I, we're, we're going to be husband and wife forever. That, that's what we're going to do. But I, but I love you, and I want you to know this, that the quality of our future and our marriage will 
not be what it could be because I can't forgive my parents. I just want to let you know that. So let's get married, okay? See, that's serious stuff. We don't even talk about that stuff in pre-marriage count. We do. I talk to people about that. Do you realize the way that you honor your parents will impact this next relationship? That's why it's so very important. And you heard me say it a few weeks ago, if you're considering marrying someone, that you you need to make sure if your parents are Christ-centered people, make sure you get their input. Get input from a mentor. But the reality is this. The next person you, or the person you marry, that person's life and your marriage is impacted. And you will not take the promise of God to live long and live well. And maybe the very reason your marriage is in such trouble from the get-go is because you've chosen not to honor your father and your mother. If you have kids, I want you to do this. Tell them that probably one of the reasons things are going, aren't going so well in the relationship that you're in It's because you chose not to honor your father and your mother. When you are not honoring your parents, you are not honoring God, and God will never bless that. See, it's not rocket science. Your spouse's relationship with his or her parents is important in determining whether God wants you to spend the rest of your life with someone. I encourage you, if you're thinking about marriage, do a background check on the parents. Do a background check on the relationship with the parents. And if there's not a healthy relationship with this man who, who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you begin to pray. You go through a season of fasting and you encourage and lovingly go to him and say, please, for us and the future of us and our kids and their kids, please put that to bed, please. If you're about to marry this girl who is still carrying resentment and anger and talks disparagingly and is bringing up the shame of her father and mother like, hey, I'm dead and showing the, telling the world, please go to her and say, please, for the work and the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, please, for the sake of our future, I can't marry you until you honor your father and mother. See, how many of you have done that? You need to do that. Those are the things that parents should be talking to their kids about. Those are the things we encourage our kids. Like, these things are important. Like, and the reality is, I think about it all the time. So does Ann. I think the way we speak about our parents, the way we talk and honor them directly impacts our children. If you ever struggle with honoring your parents, and feel like they are not deserving of your forgiveness. Just do something practically. Take a piece of paper, grab your mobile device, and begin to write down all the sins and secret sins that you've committed in the last four months. Just just write them down. Record everything that comes to mind, and don't leave anything out, and then write them down. And then ask if you want these sins you have committed to remain a barrier between you and God, your heavenly Father. You know what? Absolutely not. So then, should we allow these things your parents have done to keep a barrier between you and them? The Bible says to he that has been forgiven much, he should love much. (laughs) And listen, haven't we been forgiven, listen, much? We've been forgiven of things that are just, just horrible. But Jesus saves. Jesus forgives as far as the east is from the west. It's our opportunity to do the same for parents. Forgiveness is looking at this parent. And maybe maybe they've passed away. Maybe you're still carrying this bitterness. Maybe it's just writing this down. Forgiveness is saying, I know what you did was wrong, mom or dad. Either justice came at the cross where Jesus died for it or justice will come at the end when you stand before Jesus and give account of it. But you know, between you and me, I'm going to forgive you because my relationship now and all my relationships are being impacted by this. And maybe that's the very reason there's such chaos and disharmony and disunity. 
in the workplace and in my marriage and with my kids. And I refuse to allow it to take captive in my life anymore. Amen? So let me ask you a question. How many of you just gave the devil a foothold? How many of you are still harboring stuff and you're wondering, why can't I get along with my wife? Why can't I get along with my kids? How come I can't get along with these people? How, how, come, it, how come there's this chaos and how come I'm unhealthy? How, comes, how, how come this and that? Why is all this? Maybe the very reason is this promise that has eluded your life. If you don't forgive, then the sin that once lived in them now remains in you and is transmitted, transmitted muted through bitterness and resentment. Have you ever watched someone grow up and be just like their resentful and bitter dad or mom? Honor comes from the way we choose to talk about them. Just take a look at Ham and Shem and Japheth. Cursed, blessed, cursed, blessed. Why? Because one brought up and brought to light and shamed his dad's name shamed his dad's legacy. Yet his two brothers had the same chance and they covered it up and turned the other way. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And the promise of the commandment fell on their families and the generations to come. How do we honor them with our words? So how do you talk about your parents? I think serious about this. Because we reap what we sow with our words. So Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Take the high road, take the extra road, take the hard road. Why? Because of this wife that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Because of these children that you and your wife will have together. Because of your siblings and the relationships that you're in with people. I'm sure a phone call that if they're still alive, maybe it's a letter if they pass. Maybe this afternoon you just write a letter and, and you, you write out and say, I forgive you. I love you. I will honor your name until I die. I will no longer speak disparagingly about you in public. I will no longer bring up what you've done to me. I've God, God, given it over to God. And from that moment on, listen to me, there is a promise that comes from that message, from, from that commitment that is automatic given to your marriage, given to relationships, and given to your children. That could be the very thing that unlocks the chaotic life that you live in. It's that important. I'm sure a phone call that states that you want to move on could go a long ways. A text, a handwritten message. Listen to me, it's worth it. Why hold on to this stuff? You're just destroying the present relationship that you're in. There are different stages of honor too. So how does a kid honor his parent when he's 12 and under? Honor equals you just obey them. Mom says do this. Dad says do that. I do it because mom and dad said do it. Even if I don't want to do it. Listen to me, 12 and under. If you're here today and you're 12 and under. When you obey your parents, listen to me, there's a promise attached to your 12 years of life. You will live long and you will live well. There's a promise attached to obedience. If you're an adolescent, how does that change? What does that look like? You respect them. You, you talk about them well. You don't yell at them. You don't stomp out of the room. You don't call them stupid and post it on Twitter and Snapchat. Seriously. You don't do that. Even if your friends do, even if you see them do that, you say, no, I'm not going to do that about my mother and my father. My God says to honor them. And when doing so, I live long and I live well. And if I live long and well, then I have the, a longer opportunity to serve my God and bring glory to his name. I'm a Christ follower and that's what Christ followers do. You see, that's the kind of conversations we need to have with our kids. It's, it's showing them the benefits of trusting in Jesus. It's showing them the benefits and the blessing of honoring our God. It's allowing them, it's setting your kids. Ann and I always talk about it. How can we set Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah up to succeed in life and to bring greater glory to God? These kind of things we talk about. Start them when they're young. Teach them when they're young. 
and say, hey, listen, when you do this and, 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 and point it out, when they honor you, say thank you and say follow up and say, you realize that, 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 that I'm grateful that you said that, but even more important, do you realize because you've done that, you've obeyed us and you, and you followed us. Listen, you are setting yourself up to be successful for Jesus. Let them see it. And that'll propagate obedience. And by the way, you will be opposed. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is there so much friction between parent and kids? Because you're opposed. Satan doesn't want that promise attached to your life. He doesn't want you to live long and live well because he knows that the test, our testimony overcomes the evil one. So it's opposed. It's no wonder there's so much friction in all the year because the enemy has read scripture too. And he doesn't want healthy relationships between parents and kids. Why? Because he knows if you live longer, you have an opportunity to bring glory to Jesus' name and he's trying to diminish the name of God. Don't let him. Listen to it, church. Don't let him. Don't let him. Let's propagate obedience and honor so that the world runs to Jesus Christ. Amen? So how do you do that in your adult years? You care for them and you show them dignity. You're not the little boy or little girl anymore. You listen and consider their input. You don't have to obey every letter of the law. You, you, you listen and you say thank you for your input. But you listen to the Holy Spirit that's in you. And you make discerning decisions based upon God's word. Even if it's not what they want you to do, you do it because you know God is calling you to do it. You must own the responsibility. And whenever you get a chance as an adult, speak highly of them. Maybe this afternoon you write them a letter while they're still alive. Maybe you call them and you text them. No parent will ever stop a word of encourage from his child. When's the last time you just said, Dad, Mom, I just love you. When's the last time you said, thank you for birthing me? Thank you for giving me a start in life. If that's all there is, listen, praise God that they birthed you. Amen? There's something worth thanking them for. Maybe even the best way to honor them is by becoming the father or mother you wish you always had. Becoming an honorable person is honoring your mother and the father and their legacy. And as you age, how else? You honor them with your finances. Find a tangible way of showing them with your actions that you love and honor them. In Ephesians chapter 6, this this concept of of honoring your father is the Greek word and mother is timeo, which can be translated to care for them financially. You see, as your parents age, their health fades and your health strengthens and your roles are reversed and you get a chance. That's how I say, we get a chance to take care of mom and dad. Praise God. Do you realize how much money they spent on us? Seriously. I've seen stats between $250,000 to $500,000 is spent on kids by their parents. Can't we at least care for their needs? Can't we go from our reserves and our 401s and our, 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 our emergency plan? It's an emergency. Mom needs help. Help them. Somehow we think we let the government do it. No. When this commandment came, listen to me, Medicaid wasn't there. It was families stepping in and caring for their moms and their dads. First Timothy chapter five and verse four gives us a clear picture of what it looks like. Turn to first Timothy chapter five. Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit was carried along by the Holy Spirit to write the word of God. And so he's writing to young Timothy, encouraging Timothy. Talks about taking care of widows and take care of family. And he says, Timothy, make sure you get this one down and make sure, make sure you tell those that you're with, tell them. He says this in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 4, he says, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own what? What's the word? Family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is what to God? 
care for your own families. Then he says, Timothy, make sure don't don't get lost in ministry and all the work of being a a pastor and make sure you tell the people you're ministering to that the widow who, who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give people these instructions, Timothy. And first, do it to yourself so that no one may be open to blame. And then he says this, Paul says to Timothy, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially their own household, including widows, but the principle is everyone has denied the faith and is worse than what? An unbeliever. We have a chance. I love this passage because it speaks the truth. And he's speaking to widows. If there's a widow, don't send them to the church and ask the church to take care of family. You take care of the widow. If there's a grandparent that needs help, listen, don't send them to the church and call up and say, church, can you help? Don't send them downtown and say, can you help? It says, you take care of them. If you have children that need help, you take, if you have parents that need help, you take care of them. And if you don't take care of them, what's he say? You're worse than an unbeliever. You have denied the faith. That's how you honor your father and your mother. You dig into your funds that you had to build this house and you put a house and a roof over your parents. That's what honor is. It should cost you something. You don't pass it off to your sisters and you don't pass it off to your brothers and you don't pass it off to the government. You take care of it. Jesus did this very thing. Look at John chapter 19. Turn to John chapter 19. If you you think I'm kidding you, I mean, this is so important. I mean, Jesus, he understood the Bible and read the Bible through and through. Holy cow, it's Jesus. And look at John chapter 19. Jesus is on the cross. He's dying. And his last actions, look, look at John chapter 19 and verse 25. It says this, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. And it says, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his what there? And the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, to, to his, his mother, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple whom he loved, here is your what? From that time on, this disciple took her into his what? Think about it. He's dying on the cross. He's carrying our sins, my sins, your sins of the world. He is in utter pain and agony. It's right before he says it's finished. He could be thinking about all my pain. Where, why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? How come they didn't come? Where, how come there aren't more disciples? But what was on his mind when he looked down was his mother. And he looked at his mother and says, See that man beside you? He's going to become your son and he's going to take care of you. He honored his mother even in his last breath of life. You want an example? There it is. When a child chooses to disobey his parents and to walk away from godly principles, they have laid out the choice to dishonor their parents Let me just speak to teens and listen, when your parents are asking you to do things that you might not like, they don't do it because they don't love you. They love you. They have experience. They probably walk the path that you're on. And the best thing that you can do is saying, yes, mom. Yes, dad. I will follow your instruction for my life. Your parents can be your greatest allies if you let them. Don't be the child that separates close friends by, by talking disparagingly about parents in the school place, in the workplace. Because honoring your parents offers incredible favor and blessing on your future. The quality and quantity of your life is impacted by honor. You may live long and you may live well. What's well? Well defined in Ephesians 6 means good. You can live good. It means you can live prosperous. 
You can live successful. You can have a thriving life. It's like, why in the world wouldn't we want that? In all seriousness, well, I'll take death, destruction, chaos, resentment, and anger. Or I can have the good, prosperous, successful, and thriving. Why wouldn't we take that? Because Satan is always twisting truth. (laughs) He's always opposing. And he opposes many ways in relationships. Two weeks ago, I was in conversation with Ann after one of the messages, and we were, we were driving home, and I was asking her some questions. She was asking me some questions about our marriage relationship, and it was a message on um, in regards to in 1 Corinthians 7, like, don't withhold sex from one another unless you both agree to it. And in and, and, and any first season of fasting and prayer, and, and we talked about it. She said, you know what, Jim? She said, when you were preaching, I was sitting there, and I was thinking. She said something so profound. Like, it's the first time I've ever heard this thought, and she is so spot on. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. She said, as you were preaching, this thought ran through my mind. She says, isn't it interesting that when we're single, that Satan wants us to have sex? And when we're married, he doesn't want us to have sex. Think about that. And then she said this. You know why? Because he knows what happens when two people come together as one. There's a bond that takes place that in no other way can take place. And so he doesn't want that bond to happen when you're married because there's a deep level of intimacy. She says, so when you're on this side, how often he's come? He's encouraging it. Yeah, have sex, have sex, have sex, have sex. Have it before marriage. Go, 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 go. Why? Because he knows that that couple bonds and that chemical balance and that first message that I talked about, you carry all that into that marriage relationship. He wants the marriage to fail before it starts. It's the same way with this. Why is it so hard for parents and kids through seasons? Because Satan doesn't want you to have the promise of a long life and a well life. And when you live long and well for Jesus, you give him greater glory. That disturbs him greatly. So he's coming after parents and kids. Listen, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We got what it takes to overcome the evil one. It's time. It's past time. It's time we stop bringing shame and exposing faults of others and we link together and love covers a multitude of sins and we honor our mothers and our fathers. The quality of your life will be richer and the quantity of your life will be longer. Anytime I witness a strained relationship, with a child and parent, it breaks my heart because I often wonder how much they have shortened their future life. Why does that disturb me? Because you could have been used by God in greater ways and you chose not to because of your own bitterness and resentment and lack of forgiveness. Selfishness is what it boils down to. I will not forgive them. I have chosen through the years to never be involved in moments where someone wants to speak disparagingly about my parents. I have chosen. I have walked in and covered up. I have not exposed my parents' sinful ways. Why? Because my God tells me not to. I stood at my dad's gravesite little over two weeks ago, I preached at his funeral and his carcass was there. His soul was in heaven. I preached at my dad's funeral and we went to the gravesite and I sat with my siblings and I put my arms around my sisters and I sat there. Only by the grace of God, I had no regrets. My dad and I had a great relationship and my last conversation with my father He told me he loved me, and I told him, I love you, Dad. And why? Because my God tells me if I honor my father and my mother, then I will live long and I will live well. And why else? 
Because I and Ann and I want to set our kids up, Josh, Hannah, and Isaiah, to succeed in life with Jesus Christ. It's the greatest gift I can give my children. It's to honor my mother and my father. If you're hostile towards your parents, then most likely you're hostile towards God. If you honor your parents despite their faults, you're likely to honor God with your life too. You can't honor God if you don't honor your parents. So now you see why I believe that this message is the foundation for every other relationship that you will have. And I encourage you, if you're thinking about marriage, please have that conversation with this future bride or this future groom. Ask them about their relationship with their father and mother. Because that could be the make or break point for you. Because what it says, if they choose not, then the blessing and favor of God and the promise to live long and live well won't go with you until they forgive. We've heard a lot in the last seven weeks and there's been a lot of hurt that's been exposed. But our God is the great physician. And often we need to surface the pain and feel the pain to know that we need help. And so as we wrap up this series, I've put this prayer together this weekend that I would like for us to pray out loud together to set us up and to rebuild a foundation or or continue what we've been doing or to build a new one. So I ask you to stand as we, we pray this prayer out loud together. It'll be on the screen behind me. So I encourage you, just, this is as if you're praying this to God. This is a, a prayer to God that you're, that you're speaking today. Let's pray this prayer together. Would you do it with me? Dear Father God, I surrender my rights, my will, and my plans to you. I confess I've sinned in my relationship with others. Please forgive me and cleanse my heart and give me a fresh start. Reveal to me the ways I can rebuild and forge new godly paths that honor you. Help me to not rush ahead of your will for my life, but to be led by you, Holy Spirit. Teach me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Restore the damage that has wreaked havoc on my relationships. And from the ashes, bring new life, new hope, and a new love. Where there is brokenness, bring wholeness. Where there is bitterness, resentment, and anger, bring forgiveness and grace. Give me the strength to set aside my pride and help me to walk in humility so that you can receive greater glory in my relationships. Put to death the chains that have hindered me and set me free so I can live my life to my redemptive potential. Breathe life into my soul. And may the world be one to Jesus because they see the way we love one another. And may reconciliation, restoration, hope, new faith, courage, new dreams, new futures burst forth today. I ask this in the strong, powerful, healing, saving, darkness crushing, life giving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.